0: Easy lover, she'll get a hold on you, believe it, like no other. Before you know it, you'll be on your knees. She's an easy lover. She'll take your heart, but you won't feel it. Da, 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 da. Like no other. And I'm just trying to make you see. And then it goes a bit like higher pitched. She's the kind of girl you dream of. Dream and keep a hold of. You better forget it. Da, 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 da. Oh, you'll never get it. Down. She'll play around and leave you, Eh, 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 leave you and deceive you. You better forget it. eh, eh. Oh, you will get it. (laughs) No, you'll never change it. So leave it. Just leave it. You'll get out quick because seeing is believing. It's the only way you'll ever know. And that's it. I'm done with that bullshit. <laughs> Easy Lover by Phil Collins and Phil Bailey. Yep. Is that right? 1980, yeah. 1984. Phil
1: and Phil. Phil and Phil. Can you have enough Phil's in a room? Probably, no. Probably not. You know why? I got fantastic Phil.
0: <laughs> and this is Invert the Y. Episode Start out Log, Captain's Log 12.1.5.9. and USS Invert the Wise orbiting another planet of Retro to Man bullshit. And like I just said, you can never have enough Phil's in this room. <laughs> You can't get your fill of a, a fill. fill. <laughs> <laughs> and I got him in. Fantastic, Phil. <gasps> Thanks, fantastic, Phil, for coming in. Thanks for having me back. Man, dude, you are my first he- uh, guest in my first episode of the brand new year of 2020. Oh, God. Pressure. Under uh, pressure. Under pressure. Yeah, there's no pressure, man. No pressure. No, no pressure. And of the new decade. Some people don't classify twenty twenty as the beginning of the decade.
1: Twenty twenty one or something. Yeah, like that. some
0: people classify it as twenty twenty one because yeah, of the calendar, because there was no that. year zero. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Read that. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know how I, I say twenty twenty one. And why
1: that's a, isn't that a Seinfeld episode as well? Newman he books the new, <laughs> <laughs> the new millennium or whatever it is as well. <laughs> what a great sign Oh one man. of my favorite. It, I know you've had a comedy s- episode not that long ago. Um, But yeah, look uh, And American v British things I think were brought up Yeah, we did. gotta. I think you got to Acknowledge Seinfeld As being up there With one of the all-time greats
0: Seinfeld you never get sick of <laughs> No, I never like, get sick I, of I'll it. watch a rerun And on yeah, That's what he said you, You'll never get sick of Seinfeld Yeah, give it a I, break And come back to yep. it
1: and yep. then you, I still wet myself. Out yep. of it.
0: You, you can see it's very clearly nineties though. It's weird. Like we we're talking about it before because we're old men now. Yes, and we've got blood pressure problems. <laughs> <laughs> right, fucking hell! But it's through the roof. Oh, mate, mine's bad. I could I could flip out at any stage. Just ask Rocket Russell. Shout out to him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the Russell. He had to fucking help me a couple of weeks ago. Oh god, oh, medical right. emergency! Yeah, it was a medical emergency. Um. No it it's looking dated. I gotta admit, I was watching it, what was it on? Ten Peach. One weird free to wear TV show. It was just random. And the clothing is very nineties. Ah, uh, yeah. And the sets very nineties as well. I think he's got a Macintosh computer in the background and he's got his bike hanging up on the on the door.
1: Yeah, look, the bike hanging on the door. Yeah, the Macintosh old the, school. Yeah, um, the old school Mac.
0: Like that one over there. Yeah, that's yeah uh, that
1: that isn't a fish tank, but that, is that functional, that Mac?
0: Uh, yeah, so I've got a Macintosh Plus for those that can't see it. It was working. Uh, the monitor was working. Everything was working. But then I turned it on uh, randomly one uh, one day to try and see if I could get the disc drive to keep – because if you don't keep the disc drive moving or lubricate the disc drive, they, they see it, it up. A, it is a machine. Yeah. Yeah. So I turned it on and no, no love. Now so I, something's blown on it.
1: That'd be a podcast in itself, wouldn't it? Because, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Macintosh was simplified by Steve Jobs and the other dude. I can't remember his name. But the mouse was, wasn't all
0: wasn't, that. Wozniak wasn't, wasn't part of the Macintosh. I, no, only? I don't think he was, no. So, so when the, see, the Macintosh was originally Steve Jobs' project on, on his own. Yeah. and Because uh, the Apple IIe was their biggest product at that stage in 1984. Yeah, And so they wanted to move away from the Apple II and they kept like revising the Apple II and making it a bit more powerful and all that sort of stuff. But Steve Jobs basically was being Steve Jobs and being ridiculous and so the board stuck him in a corner to work on the – I think back then it was even called the Macintosh Project. Yeah. And he was the one with a couple of other engineers – that created the Mac as it as it became the classic Mac.
2: Yeah, is that
1: because you've you've got the the actual unit, the yep. keyboard, and yep. sitting there is one of the mouse. The yep, m- and yep. I, isn't that? and Correct me if I'm wrong. That mouse was derived from simplifying and making it easier to use that as opposed to PCs at the time that were quite complicated and whatever it is is that did he take that from something he, st- okay, he stole okay so the idea he stole it from
0: he stole it from Xerox park all oh, right right so what happened was Xerox were working because they okay so here's the story this is real nerd shit Xerox were very back in the late 70s and early 80s were very scared of the future because they actually believed that the paperless office was a thing which is crazy because it's 2020 and we still use paper everywhere i keep saying the environment let it go (laughs) because you can't we're still using paper folks in 2020 right so they thought that the paperless office was a thing so they obviously make a lot of money on photocopying and all that sort of stuff they decided to develop a thing called i can't remember what it was called it was basically a computer um that had a Graphical User Interface, and it was the world's first GUI or graphical user interface. Yeah. And they didn't know what to do with it, and they were under pressure to sell it and get rid of it. And what happened was Steve Jobs heard about it, and he walked into Xerox Park in Palo Alto in the US, and he saw it. In fact, Xerox was showing him other things that they were working on. They had their own – The I think Xerox had to set up their own department to create different innovation – ideas of the future what the future office would look like yeah so there were plenty of other things that they worked on and they invited Steve Jobs who by that stage was a big a big thing in silicon valley and he walked around the office there yeah and they were showing him different things and he wasn't excited about anything until he saw this prototype they had of what they thought the office the paperless office would be in the future yeah and he said what's that and they said I can't remember the name of the prototype that they they called it or whatever they said they, they they called the thing was but he said i want that
1: is and this xerox and just excuse my ignorance on yeah. this. just is this xerox the who are known for photocopying yeah exactly yeah photocopying yeah, right
0: so they that's what i'm saying like they their whole bread and butter was built on paper yeah and they they thought well what happens if the paper the paperless office or future was a thing what will we do yeah and so they created this complete Separate department Where these Nerds would sit on Bean, ba- bean bags I'm being, I'm being serious they, they were like these Brainstorming type people And they'd sit around And go Okay what will the future Look like This is back in the late 70s And They created this Whole bunch of Other little things Which they showed Steve Jobs And he wasn't interested At all Until he saw this computer Yeah And it looked nothing Like the Mac But what he loved About it was It had a mouse yeah. It was the first ever Time he saw a mouse And it had the GUI or yeah. the graphical user interface, like icons on a desk, like on a screen. And he went, what's that? And they said, oh, it's such and such. And he, it's going to bug me that I can't remember the name of the, the thing. And he says, well, I want it. And they sold it to him. All oh, right. Right. And he would, he was on record saying, well, they didn't know what they were doing with it. And this is how funny he is. I think he's funny, but he was actually insulting. He said, they were just copy ahead. heads. So I had no idea what they were doing with it, but I, d- I knew I could see the future.
1: Do you reckon he copied the plans for it while he well, was in the Xerox he, he's been using one of
0: their photocopies? Well, he did because... <laughs> he, well, he, he's been on record saying that great artists still. Yeah. Right? So yeah. he took this thing that Xerox Park created, right, which and was its own it. department for Xerox. It was called Xerox Park, And he took it and then he broke it all down and re-engineered it. And originally it was called the Lisa, mm. right? And the Lisa was a really... Ultra, when it was fi- finished, it was a very primitive version of what the Mac would be, but it was a really expensive computer that no one could afford, mm. right? And so Apple said, you've killed us with this shit, right? <laughs> That's it. You're off that project. That project's dead in the water. And they didn't know what to do with Steve Jobs, so that the, the board sent him out to play with another department because he had nothing better to do. Yeah, But he really loved what he... Saw it at Xerox PARC and he loved what, what he created with the Lisa, his first prototype computer with a graphical user interface and a mouse. And then he said, okay, well, I'm going to create this thing called a Macintosh because they'd already started this project internally in Apple called the Macintosh project. Yeah. And the Macintosh originally was nothing like what it would end up being. So he created this very slim looking Mac and what we're talking about, folks, is a Macintosh Plus. That's a 1986 version that I've got. Yeah, it's a sort right? of so what, off-grade. Yeah, yeah. so they, they, came out, they came out in 1984 mm. and they came out with only 520, 512 kilobytes of RAM and that one is a 1986 model and it's upgraded to one megabyte of RAM, right? But it doesn't have a hard drive. It's only got a floppy disk drive, a three-and-a-half-inch floppy disk drive. Um, and so, yeah... Steve Jobs took that idea from Xerox PARC. He had his first prototype called the Lisa. Then he worked at the Macintosh department or the Macintosh project at Apple. And then they created this thing, the Mac, as we know it and love it.
1: And what's the Mac that's in Seinfeld's room?
0: Uh, in- uh, that would be a 90s Mac. So they're like, by then, Jobs had left and they kept the Macintosh name, but they really changed the design of the thing see Steve Jobs he was,
1: left and came back though didn't he, he
0: yes he did because he was kicked out of the so what happened was when the Macintosh was launched he had these sales projections but they didn't meet them because the Macintosh was way too expensive because they were competing against IBM IBM, IBM compatibles and, and IBM clones and you could get an IBM compatible or an even an IBM machine for half the price roughly than a Macintosh back in the 80s. And so the board were like, well, what the hell? You said this thing would sell for this price and would be this amount to make or manufacture and would sell these amounts of units and we've achieved none of these targets. And they kicked him off the board, mm. right? Um, or off out of the company, basically. But what Steve Jobs did, because he's smart, he, he kept $1 uh, of shares, yeah, right? So he was still... A shareholder of the company, so he could still attend AGM meetings we'll and be stuff a small like that. One, he's still a shareholder. Exactly right. But in disgust, he sold sold all of his shares or his shareholdings, and he kept one dollars worth. And then he went into um, he went into a bit of a limbo land for a year or two. But then he created a company called Next, mm. and Next was basically again him being overly possessive and creating this crazy machine called a, I think it was a next computer, which was a specialized computer that you could use in research and high level engineering type products. It wasn't for home use really. Yeah. And then Apple years and years later were looking for a new operating system and they ended up buying Steve jobs company, which was the next company, the next company. right? Cause they wanted his software and then by default, he came back into Apple because they purchased his company, right? And he came back into Apple and then, long story short, the Apple board, which were they weren't doing very well in the early 90s, Apple. They were basically dead and buried. Um, and then the Apple board called him an interim CEO. They called him an I CEO. And then they – I can't remember the name of the guy who was the um, CEO. I can't remember his name. But they, they got rid of him. The board got rid of him and he became, again – the CEO of Apple Apple Computer, so he went back to his company, um, and then he, I, I remember reading the first things that he did was he he hated the remember the Newton because you talk about, um, Seinfeld, yes, remember the Newton Palm, yeah, 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 it was like a the, very early iPad, yeah, he hated that fucking thing, and so he said, I want that gone, and they said, Oh, why? He says, I don't like the stylus, I hate I hate the fact that you have to use a stylus to write on the screen. It's ugly, it's shit. We don't sell hardly any, any of them, so he got rid of it. And um, he looked at their product line and he said, well, if I'm supposed to buy a computer, which one do I buy? And they explained to him all the different levels of computers and what they did, and he said, well, I don't understand any of it, so what we're going to do, we're going to halve our product line. We're only going to sell a handful of products. So they dropped a whole bunch of their products. He hated the way the Mac looked. So they re-engineered the way the Mac looked, and one of the early things that he did was, you know the Mac where it was like blue or yeah, coloured at the back?
2: purple, where, orange, yeah, blue. Yeah, yeah. It's they
0: still used CRT <laughs> screens back in the early, or late 90s, early 2000s, so it was like a coloured screen, and he made it colourful, and, you know, they dropped the Macintosh and they called it iMac. That's right. They did different things. Yeah. Um, and then... He he was pedantic because, like, if you go back to the Macintosh I've got, which is that eighty six Mac Classic, you'll see on the keyboard it's got like arrows, like directional arrows on the keyboard. He hated that. He didn't want any of that on his on his keyboard. He wanted a really simplified keyboard, mm. and he wanted uh, there was there's there's um articles and books I've read where he's had arguments and fired internal internally. Um, people that came to him and said, look, Steve, we need to put fans into the Mac because it's creating so much heat. Heat. And he'd say, no, it ruins the Zen of the, because he was all into Zen and all into all that sort of stuff. Yeah. He goes, I want none of that in my computers. Get rid of it. I don't want to see it. And they'd have to re-engineer the thing so it wouldn't overheat. Okay. And so that's why there's vents placed where they are. Um, It was very clever, but also he basically killed people um, to try and get, what he wanted his way or the it was his way or the highway. highway but really what he did was initially I can understand the board's position they he created a machine look, that looked unreal and it was there was nothing out like cuz this is before windows came out mm. right and so no one had a product like this even though he stole it from Xerox park he he created this machine but it was way too expensive for the average person to buy so no one knew what to do with it people at home couldn't afford a $4,000 5,000 machine And people in the office wouldn't be able to afford it either.
1: Yeah, because four grand in the
0: 80s. That's a lot of money. I I, I mean, there's inflation calculators out there. You can work it out, but that's a lot of money. I mean, you don't pay that money really today for a computer. That's high-end gaming gaming stuff, right? So even then, you wouldn't pay that amount for it unless you really wanted to. So he drove himself out of the company originally with his crazy business practices, but... At the end of the day, it's, it was a success, um, especially in the late 90s when he re-engineered it and he made it colourful and it was the iMac and it was a lot cheaper. And um, he was really selling the software more than anything else because he said the software is really more important than because he wanted the icons to look a certain way. He wanted some, it, it to be so easy that even he's you know, that a grandmother could use it. or He's been quoted to say all those sorts of things. I want anybody to pick it up and just use it. Yeah. Right? And so he really did take that concept that Xerox had created back in the late 70s, early 80s, and he just completely re-engineered it and ran ran with it. So it's an interesting story. Um, I don't know how we got on the top no, of the Mac, Macintoshes. Well, from Seinfeld. From Seinfeld. Macintoshes. Macintoshes. At the Macintoshes. Yeah. I tell you, the original Macintosh the 512 kilobyte one that was released in 1984 is worth a lot of money now for collectors yep if you get on ebay and you can see someone selling that macintosh model in the box i mean these are rare now no one has these in the box yeah but some people i've seen do you're talking like 12 13 14 15 does grand does it have
1: to be running to keep that value yeah or? yeah right.
0: ideally yeah mine was running and i had the problem with mine was was that i couldn't find the software really to run on it you know like um you have to have a certain operating system that will run on that particular model of macintosh and i the sad thing is is that i found the operating system from some guy up in queensland on ebay i was talking to him and he sent them to me and just as i was about to you know fire it up i couldn't get it to start up again so um maybe like a transistor or something's blown nothing major's gone on it i've just never had it repaired and when i have gone to Apple, this is the funny thing, I have gone to Apple, right? And I've told this story before where I've gone to the Genius Bar at an Apple store <laughs> and I've said, oh, I've got a Mac I want to repair. And they're like, oh, what is it? And I tell them and they're like, yeah. uh, huh, why? Why do you want to repair that thing? Okay, because it's, I don't know, I just want it, I want it to run.
1: They're like that with their phones and iPods. Yeah, they want they to know about cutoff, it. They yep. have a cut-off date. Yep. I think at the moment you could probably go back as far with a phone for a battery replacement, maybe a six, um, anything prior to that, um, they've, yeah, they don't really acknowledge it anymore. No, they don't. But then the trouble is, too, being a fan of um, of iPods and having a collection of a couple of old iPods, um, the trying to repair them is now near, it's not an impossibility, but it's very challenging because some of the parts, uh, lithium batteries, for example, they're, they're, yeah. they're key, obviously, to running them. You, they don't stock them here and to import them, it's very challenging because you can't import them via planes because of obviously the aviation rules and so forth Yeah, like that. Yeah. So um, it is a bit of shame that um, being a fan of um, collecting things and trying to keep older things restored as much as possible, that, yeah. that, is, that is
0: forgotten. I mean, there was a guy, I ended up finding someone that would look at it, the Macintosh. He lived down in the city. Somewhere not far from where you live, roughly, mm. right? And I spoke to him and I said, look, this is what I've got. He, yeah, he was cool with it. He's like, okay, cool. He said, but I want 150 bucks just to look at it. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay, then what? And he goes, oh, and then I'll charge X number of dollars per hour and parts. I've got to charge you for parts and maybe I don't have those original parts because if you want to keep it original, I might not be able to. I might have to get like alternative type parts. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to spend all this amount of money and take it all the way to the city just to get it fired up. Even though I really wanted it to, I thought it would be cool if I fired it up and it had like, you know, um, uh, what was it called? Paint. I think that was a program that was on the Mac. It was called Paint or something like that. You could paint shit on there and go, (laughs) welcome fantastic Phil to (laughs) Invert the Y as you walk through, you know? And, but no, it's just a more of a talking piece now, you know, I, I, I've got someone, a relative, that's an engineer, mm. and he's offered to look at it, and and Just he, give it a go. To give it a go, yeah. but I haven't bothered to take it to him. Yeah. So I, I think he could fix it. I think he's like it's a dyad or a transistor, something's quite easy to fix. But I haven't got there with that, you know. Okay. And you can, you still got your iPods?
1: Yeah, I still got them. Um, the because they were of-
0: revolutionary, man. Like it, the the two thousands, right? That iPod original was like amazing
1: yeah the first one had a very low capacity um memory and then yeah they expanded over time didn't they they got yeah they got greater and bigger with what they could do and i think
0: um, my first one was the color screen the
1: color screen yeah i've got two of the old original gray screens which one was a 20 and one was a 40 gig that's right um and they were they weren't cheap at the time uh, ran off the old rain MP3 format. That's, that's right. right. Ran off the old MP3 format, which is dead. So oh. MP3's been killed. That's um In, a- in terms wh- of a, uh, in terms of a, there's there's no one that's really making anything or producing anything in, or supporting MP3 formats anymore. I only just found that out, so I haven't had enough time to research. Because
0: we okay, so we upload to MP3. Yeah. I mean, um, we record on a different format, but we we record on a wave and then we convert to MP3. MP3, yeah. The so I don't know if I mean, we're, there's, there's another shit.
1: file. I don't know enough about this, so it's going to sound like a super idiot trying to talk about this. But um, which is probably like most things, the the file format of MP3 is now um, inferior. There are better file. I think the basic Apple file format for recording. Digitally is already a lot better. Yeah. So that's what a lot of them have changed or converted into. I suppose like anything with time and progress, the, the digital files yeah. have evolved as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, MP3s are not really being redone anymore or being done in a way.
0: It's all over, man. It's all over. That, do you remember how like amazing that was with like, uh, you saw, what was that? Shazam and all those weird-ass sharing, file sharing. And uh, what was that one that... Uh, Lars had a problem with. Napster. Napster. That was all MP3, MP3s. That was my understanding. Could be wrong on that. But they were all file sharing files. And that was massive in the 2000s. They
1: went hard against it. Yeah. Metallica. Yeah. Uh, about, I suppose it's to combat piracy. Yeah. And so they earn, they get a living from what they've made and produced. And now um, that's, I mean, look, uh, streaming.
0: Yeah. Um, well, you know what I was about to say? Do you reckon Lars just wasn't a visionary at all? He couldn't see the future. I could see his point, but I, I can't see... Like, he looks silly now because everything is digital. And Metallica, they're on Spotify.
1: took Tool a long time to... It took Tool a very long time, up until last year. though. Up until yep. to jump into the digital age. Yep. They've now released a lot of their material on... Um, Spotify, and I think iTunes as well. But iTunes is, is
0: Yeah, we were dead. talking about this. This is what we're trying to get at. So iTunes is dead too. And I asked you a question because I don't use iTunes anymore. I used to have – I've got a Mac, a MacBook Pro, which I won't replace. I'll be honest with you. This is where I'm at with Apple, right? I had an iPhone, got rid of it, got a, got a Samsung S8, got rid of that and got an S10 Plus now. And I'll never go back to Apple because they want to charge you double the price for less features. That's how I feel. And the MacBook Pro is the same, right? It's been great. I love it. But I know that I can get a more powerful machine for half the price mm. if I go to the Windows side of things, even though I don't like Windows. Um, but iTunes was like really pivotal to – I remember when I had my – and I see, this is what shits me with Apple, right? I had the iPod and I love that thing. And I remember going into Apple going, I, I want to get a new iPod because the one I've got a bit weird. It's going like skipping tracks and you-, and you had told me, well, you know, this is what happens with iPods on their way out. They, send- they start skipping tracks and the hard drive goes weird. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to get another one. And I went into the local Apple store and I said, I want an iPod. We don't sell them anymore. I go, huh? They go, we sell iPod Touches. And we sell this and that, but we don't sell the classic. Yeah. And I said, but I need more space than what you provide on an iPod. Touch. I think the iPod touch was like, I don't know, 16 gig or something. And I said, I've got like 60, 70 gigs worth of music. And she just looked at me like, that's impossible. <laughs> right? Like you're a freak. I'm like, yeah, but I'm. I know I'm the minority, but you guys have just basically told me that's it. You can't help me anymore. And she just said, yeah, well, we can't help you now. So then I was like, well, what's my options? And obviously my options is my phone, right? Because they've basically said everybody plays their music these days on their phone. Why would you buy another device?
1: It's a bit weird, eh? Because like having streaming and unlimited streaming with uh, Amazon and so forth, what i got now, that is like walking around with a 200 gig plus music library, whereas before you had to build it and buy it and, and so forth, so.
0: Well, we used to do, I mean, I still, I'm an old old man, but back in the day, everybody had to do this. You bought a CD, then you put it on your computer. You rip it. You rip it. Um, This is if you didn't want to purchase it on the iTunes store, but I remember something very clear. Now, it's all coming to my mind here. You used to get the CD, rip it to your hard drive on your computer, and then hook up your iPod, classic, which is what we had, or any other iPod, and then sync them. And it used to take forever. The more music you had, the longer it took, right? But then I remember one day you getting very excited, going, "The iTunes store is open in Australia." And I'm like, "What does that mean, man?" And you're like, "Dude, I can now buy music from iTunes in Australia." Because previous to that, it was available in the US and other parts of the world, but we didn't have it.
1: No, the ripping function was available through uh, iTunes. That's right, but the purchasing, but the of, purchasing music of music wasn't. Music wasn't available.
0: No. That think about that now.
1: They've stopped that too, but in, uh, but they haven't in a way because you can still to this day go on and buy something. I don't know. I'm coming onto this podcast. they very uninformed. Yeah, we but you got not your notepad. Pad. That's the a notepad. start. Like notepad's notepad's like, blank. Yeah, the notep- well,
0: well, the Christmas list is on there. Yeah, the, I mean, you know what this is. This, this is um, this podcast is a bit like getting back in a shape because <laughs> remember when I, I turned on the machine, I went, "How do I do this again?" What button do I press? Because guess what, we don't have Jason relaxation again. again. We, Jason just, relaxation. We, we, have, we have him in sock puppet form, but I can't be fucked. <laughs> I can't be fucked on. That's right, Richard. Dan, hello, fantastic. Phil. How are you? Good to see you again. I can't be fucked. I can't be bothered. But um, so you with iTunes today? It still exists partially yeah, you can open it up play your music that you've purchased or ripped from your computer but you're saying the story's gone is that right
1: this is what i'm hearing but it's still there today itunes does have that horrible thing though of if you've purchased something depending on the rights and so forth of where the artist may be the music has disappeared i've had a few albums and songs disappear See? out of my old purchases and i'm not sure how or why that's happened But um, some tracks are not available anymore. Back to an example of that is the uh, for Bond. There's a Never Say Never Again movie soundtrack that I, it was hard to get, but it was available digital on iTunes. And I would prefer, instead of just ripping something or downloading, at least buying it. I'm happy to buy it. It doesn't bother me. But I did buy it and it's gone. So there was an update and it's just not there anymore on search. And you go into your purchased items, which is part of that, you know, download what you've purchased history. And it's quite interesting. That actually is still there from 10 years ago. Songs, Some songs are still there. So it's good that they've remembered that. There is a worry about... But do you
0: see, now my concern, like I've, I've been saying this now, Like everyone wants to go to streaming or they want to go to... Uh, account like having digital things on tied to an account and this is a great example like when somebody makes a decision at the high end and says we're not going to support that anymore mm. what happens to all the stuff you purchased yeah you, you it, don't actually own
1: anything No, you'd be going in and finding somewhere in the fine print that, that they would have allowed for whatever reason that to be removed yep or the, because of say I don't know for example maybe it was under Columbia years ago that yep. it has stopped the licensing for it. Well, they do that in
0: video, uh, video games too. Like, just off the top of my head, a game like Alan Wake back on the old Xbox 360, I don't think you can get that anymore because I think the music or some kind of images that were shown in that game, the rights to that are gone because I think the company ceases to exist. Mm-hmm. So all the legal red tape mumbo-jumbo is preventing people from downloading that game or playing that game now. So unless you had the physical disc, unless you've got the physical disc and you, the machine you, to play it on, you're stuffed, right? That's the whether you want to play it or not is another question, another matter. But what I'm saying is, the digital world is not a great world if things change from the legal, you know, the legal ease that happens in the background, right? So Apple made a decision and they said, we're not going to support iTunes anymore, or we're getting rid of it, and we're going to do something else with this platform that we have. And I understand that because. It got really messy with iTunes, like everything was tethered to it, right? So all of a sudden, you got multiple devices running off it, and it got more and more convoluted as time went on. But in the background, there is now content you can't get, right? So what does that mean? You you, you shafted, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but it, it pisses me off. It's not the end of the world, but it pisses me off, right? And that's 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 what I'm saying. The mo- the modern world wants you to subscribe to multiple accounts. Right, just to watch TV now, right? You want to, so all of a sudden you've got Disney Plus, you've got Netflix, you got Amazon, uh, Amazon Stan. Stan, right? Then you might have cable networks, you might have a like Foxtel or something like that. Apple themselves are starting Apple mine. TV, right? All of that shit just to watch content that you used to be able to watch, maybe not in that amount of magnitude, but you used to be able to watch it in one source, right? But now what happens if? I'm using an example, a very poor example, but what if Disney says, "Oh, well, it didn't work out for us with Disney Plus." Now, some people wouldn't give a shit. I personally wouldn't, but you know what I mean. But at the end of the day, you you don't have con- you don't have that content anymore, right? Games is the best example. I ha- this is why I don't like digital games really, even though I'm guilty of it too. I buy them, but if sudden if son- uh, Sony suddenly turned around and said, "You know what? We're not making the PlayStation anymore." It's highly unlikely, but what if they said that? What happens to all the games that you bought digital uh, on the digital store? What happens to it? I guess they... Google is the best one. Google Stadia, right, which is purely streaming, purely a streaming service. We don't even have it here yet. It's only available in, the, in North America, I think, um, and it's not doing very well, so we may never get it. But that's a great example of you've only got one option. That option is... Purely digital uh, transactions. So when they decide they don't want to be part of that business anymore, what happens to that box that you've got? That little streaming box you got—it's—it's it's, it's useless because you can't you can't buy anything with it anymore. And the and the things you did buy, they're all gone. So I, I don't know, man. This is iTunes. That's the first. That's the beginning. I reckon. Yeah. It's just, of all this shit.
1: For me, it's about accessibility. Just understanding where it's going to go to. I'm in a bit of a limbo about how to listen to things at the moment. Yeah, I've subscribed. Have you still to,
0: got your? You still got your iPod though, haven't you?
1: I've still got the iPods. Admittingly, not using it Pods. too
0: much. <laughs> you'd yeah. be the you be the only guy on, around, I reckon, that's got multiple iPods.
1: Multiple iPods. Still got them. The, the, obviously, the phone.
0: You, do you the, do you use the phone?
1: The phone and the streaming service because I'm part of Amazon. That's where I've I use the Amazon one as opposed to Spotify the Amazon Music playlist which I've subscribed to but that's part of being an Amazon subscriber. Right. So, oh look, there are massive pros with streaming and these streaming services for music. There's tons of things you can go in there and find it which has changed the whole need for again, I don't know what to do with the CDs, the boxes and boxes of CDs I've got.
0: Well, I've got a whole wardrobe that I had custom built for mm. CDs. Right. And I and look, I don't really play them. No, neither do you I. Know? But, but I want them because, you see, it's my right. I can play that whenever I want. And if the internet goes down, right, I've, I can still play the thing. Yeah. If, if whoever holds that account, right, decides they're out of business now or they don't want to be part of that business anymore, it doesn't affect me because I've got something physical that I can use. It's ownership. That's what bugs me about all the – I've ranted about this before. I own it, Right. But now when you want me to subscribe to an account I don't have any ownership anymore. Now yeah. maybe I don't want to own Disney Plus shit anyway cuz it's trash. Yeah. Right? But the point is is that it's not giving me an option at all. In thinking you
1: know? about it and the older I get the less I think Clearly,
0: so the older we get and the higher our blood pressure oh, gets, blood pressure. Yes. <laughs> blood pressure We're talking actually, about the <laughs>
1: god the blood pressure.
0: The blood pressure is bad, man. Blood pressure. Blood uh, pressure. I can my blood pressure now be shit.
1: In thinking about this now, mm. the CD may become more valuable because we all know that the LP is doing the resurgence and LP sound great, are warm and
0: yeah, they do you're
1: sitting down with your music nights and yep. they're fantastic. Yep, and it was a very traditional way of listening to music. To to me, thinking about it now, though, the CD may still hold some value. One, because it's a physical disc that has it; it's not lost into the into web world. It's durable. It's durable, yep. but it is also arguably, arguably, of better quality or high one of the highest quality recorded points in time. As a general comment. That's accessible and cheap and still valuable. So to me, that may be still there. Still, may be some value in the CD, even though we've we know that its sales are down and so forth, and they're sitting. and You go to a CD sale, and most CDs are not even worth a dollar or two dollars these days.
0: That's that's true to an extent, but I think when I this is going back a long time ago, but when we had Nuka Neil here, shout out to him, Mm. and he's a a a I was asking him whether or not um, the issue with CDs always was, was that because they're digital and they're recorded on uh, digital formats and then analog tape and then converted to digital, the recording studio can do whatever they want with that recording. They can make the bass slower. They can do more bits and pieces and funny things. And so it's not really the original intent of the artist. Whereas with – LPs, because they were um, analogue on analogue tape and they didn't transfer those to digital, they had to keep that original sound that the recording artists actually pumped out in the the first place, Mm. right? So it's more true to the original artist's intent. The only problem with LPs, as you know, is they're not durable and they add in a lot of extra noise. They add a lot of extra noise. But so do CDs too. CDs on a good system, you can hear a lot of hiss, Right, because if they've been recorded on digital tape and then, oh, sorry, on analog tape and then converted to digital, right, then that introduces a lot of hiss, a lot of noise. Um, and so, but then, as I said, the recording studio does all this weird shit with it. Like they, they make the bass levels a lot lower than they really should be. They make the highs too high. It's not what you're hearing at the artists, you know, when they were playing the, the instruments and playing the music. So, I think LPs are the true winner of sound. They just don't have the durability.
2: Yeah, that's And they right. have all that
0: other noise with it too, but that noise kind of has some charm to it. I like that charm. I like that noise and that that you know, pop and crackle when you put the needle down on the on the vinyl record, there's something cool about that.
1: I'm not saying there'll be a CD revival in the sense of people will be sitting around having CDs. No, I don't think there will be a so revival like that, but if you're looking for a really obscure album that is taken away from, say, an iTunes and so forth, and also, and then if you need to transfer that that music into your uh, listening device of choice, the st- the CD, your original CD, still may ha- be that opportunity to get the only way to get that.
0: I think you're right. I think an accessibility, yes, I agree with you. I think that will be the best way to get the music. It might not be the best. Listening experience. No. Right. But I do – so now I know know what you're saying now. Yeah. Listening experience, LP will win if you can forgive it for all of its sins in terms of, like, the scratches and the durability issues and the dust and all that stuff. CDs are way more accessible. Yeah, you're right. And probably more affordable too.
1: It's probably a bit more of a topic for Jason relaxation because I think he has had or purchased a few of those really high-end Sony products. You know those um – mp Hasn't he got or he, I tell you
0: what With him I'll, I'll never forget It was early 2000s and I'm talking about The
1: personal The walkman he, He's got the He's got a crazy Japanese He's got a flack f- Yeah A
0: flack play Yeah he has I've listened to it And it's amazing It really is Because That's the best of both worlds It's digital So it's convenient It's Lossless So it's got No um, Detigration Of the actual You know File transference Yeah um
1: But they're they're expensive. But they're
0: expensive. And they're not really um I'd have to talk to him more about it, but in terms of putting music on it, it's not as easy. You can buy the music as original FLAC like files, but you don't see them very often. Right? So You're,
1: to me, like, well, where where else are you gonna get I'm sort of defending the CD, I think, a bit here today. I, I'm unintentionally. A big, like, yeah. where else are you gonna get a simple almost pre-ready-to-go digital um, sound or uh, music track ready to go on to some some machine, personal machine player?
0: I don't think you can, other than a CD. Mm-hmm. I think CDs are still viable. They're just not popular now. No, I know. Right? I, know. I mean, ob- and obviously. If see, yeah, you I mean, look, you know, kids are buying cassette tapes. They're awful. <laughs> right, cassettes are awful. In, ter- in every way, shape, and form. They're not durable. They sound like shit, right? We're, but you and I have been discussing this for years, right? But kids find them charming because, you know, you see actual physical movement with the spindles and things are happening and it's mechanical and all that shit, right? <laughs> and LPs are like that too, right? There's charm about there's a needle, it's mechanical, it's moving. You know, you can see the the thing spin on the turntable, and CDs, unfortunately, you don't see anything. Mm, you yeah. stick them in the, the disc drive or the CD player in the caddy and it goes into the caddy, into the machine, and that's it. That's it. You know? But they're way more affordable than anything. Mm. They're, they're, uh, it, would you have ever believed CDs would be cheaper than LPs? They, mm, they are. Nah, yeah. They are now. Like, if you go buy an LP now, they're about 40 something bucks minimum. A CD's like, I don't know, 19 now.
1: Some LPs still hold quite a bit of value as well. A yeah. Herbie Hancock LP I saw just over the holidays at a uh, antique second-hand store was $100. And the reason for that is it was a Japanese-only produced LP that, according to audiophiles, the way this was recorded is very pure and raw. And not only is it rare for being that it was Japan-only and only ever sold in Japan was a re- when it was a religion released in the 70s, but also with the fact now that's been boosted by the by the resurgence of LPs in itself. So um, I yeah, you're right, and uh, I suppose a, a CD is a bit like a quartz watch in in a sense too. That as well, there's just there, it's the same. It's I suppose is it it's just a clear digital type of a response, whereas an LP has a mechanical and analog type of. Uh, History to it, yeah, and that—that's the charm and the warmth of it in itself. Yeah,
0: and also don't forget the artwork. Oh yeah, because like an LP, that sleeve is obviously the real estate of that sleeve is way bigger than a CD, Mm. and obviously with digital, you get no artwork at all apart from what you see on the screen. So there's some charm in that, and I think some some younger people are attracted to that too. They actually get to see artwork a sleeve. You pull the record out. You got something. You actually, it's all tangible. You can, you know, you got something that you can actually hold and, you know, physically touch. Whereas, digital, you got none of that. I wonder how this know?
1: decades going to go with listening to music as well. That's interesting. I wonder how this is going to go because it's changed so much over. I since, think
0: digital. Well, digital's here to stay. Yeah. It, 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 oh it's, yeah. It's not going anywhere. Um. I, well, see, I think you're going to get more and more choice. I think if I had to take a guess. To, there'll be more and more streaming services, mm. and everything by the end of the decade will be streaming everything. I really feel that. I, I feel that twenty twenty nine, effectively the end of the decade, you're going to have way more uh, streaming services than than we do today, mm. right? So, so now you've got like streaming services like Netflix and your Disney Pluses and your YouTubes and all that kind of stuff. And music's you got Spotify and your Amazon account and whatever else you've got. And Apple don't play in that. Oh, they've got Apple Music, haven't they? So they've got their streaming service. That's why they, they had to kill iTunes, really, I think. Because they were making more money with that than they were with iTunes. Um, just physically selling a, what, a file was what they were doing, weren't they? Yeah. In iTunes. They so were just selling a file against your account, whereas now – a subscription service must generate more money for them. it have to, you know. So everyone wants that. They want a subscription and they want, you know, choice within that subscription and you're off and running. And, and, and that, that's the same in gaming too, mm. you know. We don't have it here, but Sony's uh, PlayStation Now is a streaming service for most of its games, even though you can download up um, – content on there you can you can do that but you watch how big that gets at the end of the decade that'll be everything i'm telling you now i'd be amazed if you talk about games that you walk into a eb games and you buy a game a physical game yep. i'd be amazed by the end of the deck at the end of the decade if we we're doing that i really really would i think at best you'll be downloading a digital game and most people will start streaming shit i'll put money on it because most people will go, well, I can't be bothered going down the street. And then then the uh, younger folk will say, well, why would I buy that? Why would I pay $80 for a game, even if it's digital, when I can get all this choice in a subscription and I stream it? Mm. But that, I hate that idea, you know? Because you and I are the same age. We want to go down the street and buy something. None of No one wants to do that in the future. I'll put money on it. End of the decade. Well, let's let's assuming I'm still here. That's the big one, right? That'll be the first thing, right? But I would think it will all be digital. It'll all be streaming.
1: That's probably a good segue into today's topic.
0: Today's topic, forty seven <laughs> minutes in. Shocking. So it was so unfit with this podcast. Like like Pepe Le Pew chasing that cat Le Puff, Le Pant, Le Puff. Pepe
1: Le Pew. on
0: Today's topic, (laughs) was it 80s movies?
1: I think we were going to talk about 80s sci-fi-ness, things we liked.
0: Yes!
1: (laughs) Yeah, kind of cool 80s movies we liked.
0: We certainly had none of these problems in the 80s. No. (laughs) Fucking hell. Your biggest problem was beta or VHS. Yes.
1: Wasn't Beta better than VHS? Have we talked about this? I can't remember. I've
0: talked about it. Beta was technically better than VHS, yes. Was Beta Sony?
1: Beta was Sony.
0: Beta was Sony. Yeah, and they got beat out by Philips who made VHS. VHS. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and the, it was basically the movie studios. See, VHS, the,
1: and, VHS and video, that's never coming back, is Oh, that? it's dead. That's
0: I can't dead. see. Well, again, people buy records because of the charm. I don't see any charm in a VHS, <laughs> right? I don't, what, what's it got going for? Look, let's be real, okay? So I'll tell you something now. There might be collectors out there that would. I'll give you an example, one little example. Star Wars.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to mention that. Were you,
0: okay, I had it, and I don't know where it is, but I had. He released, um, I think it was the THX That's the old special mind. edition VHS tapes. And these were the untampered tapes too, by the way, before he started tampering. Because remember in 95, he released um, the, what was it? the Was it 97? The 20th anniversary. He released the, the special, the special, redone, the redone shit where Han Solo ducked, you know, and when Grudo shot at him and all that bullshit.
1: Boba Fett's voice changed. Boba Fett's voice changed and all that Lots stuff. Lots of little things were introduced. Yeah.
0: We, we didn't like it. That was the beginning of the end. We won't go there, right? <laughs> It just upset me. Blood pressure, man. Blood the, pressure. Take a blood pressure reading in a minute. It <laughs> won't be good. And uh, so I had those videotapes. These were untampered original tapes, just slightly tweaked with, TH, I think it was uh, THX, THX quality. quality audio, which is crazy on a VHS tape because even though they didn't have, have hi-fi, the, the quality was pretty average for a VH, even VHS tape. So they would be something a collector would want. And they would then have a VHS player, I would think. To, to play and watch. Yes, a... yeah. If they're willing to, you know, sacrifice the durability of the of the thing, because again, a, video, a cassette tape, like an audio cassette tape, every time you play it, it degrades, degrades right? Yeah. So, I could see somebody doing that. I really could. Somebody might have. I tell you another example. People that have got anime tapes. Ah, uh, yeah. Right. No. So someone that's got like. Uh, akira or ninja scroll or some of these other anime movies robotech as a series they may have them on vhs tape because they, they can't find them on uh, dvd or blu-ray well robotech
1: so, the whole i just basically watched the entire original japanese version on youtube
0: macros saga, macros saga. did you really yeah it's all there Someone's oh, yeah. uploaded it, whether it's yeah. still there or not yeah oh no it would be yeah people upload that all the time yeah
1: but then again It's a bit like what we were talking about before. Once that's taken down from its
2: digital platform, where do you access it? This is what I mean.
0: So someone might come along and copy strike that thing, Mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, YouTube's got its weird policies and someone might come along and say, well, you need to take that down, right? So that person's, that content's gone, Mm -hmm. right? But see, going back to something like Robotech, a lot of that would be on VHS, yeah. Because that was released in the 80s, mid-80s. I don't
1: think it was ever properly released here in Australia, so uh, there might be some value in... Uh, yes, I'm so talking got, about the Macross Saga. The
0: Macross Saga, I think, is currently available. Yeah, but not on VHS. It'd be on, like, DVD or Blu-ray. Um, I've got Robotech 2 The Sentinels movie on VHS. Pedro and I found that in <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> we we went treasure hunting. We... I can shout out to him. We went all the way around the world and ended up in in Disneyland and we walked past a shop and there it was, a, a, like a VHS like, collector's shop, anime shop, and we found Robotech 2 The Sentinels and we lost our shit. Oh, I've right. still got it somewhere. But that's the only example I would think of is somebody – rather it won't be a charm factor like audio stuff, like LPs. It would be, I can't get this movie anywhere else – it's the only, way I, can it's watch the only way I can watch it, or maybe they've got some. I don't know. Maybe somebody can copy DVDs. I, I don't know. I don't know how you can do it. But I get
1: the Star Wars bit too because there is. I'm one of them. I prefer the or I like watching the original, uncut, unedited, exactly original trilogy. There yep. was the DVD. A couple of DVDs came out. Yep. A, a few years ago, now probably about ten years ago. But I think
0: they were the altered ones, weren't they?
1: There were like as a B side, um, the original. Empire Strikes Back or the original showing, it was just completely raw yep. and not digitised in any way. But I think that was the last time you could get that on a on a sort of a disc-type format. Right.
0: Because I had those VHSs. I actually got to hunt around for it. And I remember I had a sticker on there or a logo on those VHS tapes saying, for the last time ever on VHS. Because mm. obviously there'd been multiple releases and variations of Star Wars released on... Um, this is the original trilogy, folks, too, by the way, on VHS. And I remember clearly it said for the last time on VHS. That was a big thing. I remember it being a big thing. And, I, and I, I've i got them somewhere. That's cool. Oh, they're, That's right. they're way cool. And they're almost to the point where you don't want to watch them unless you've got a good VHS tape uh, player, which I do somewhere upstairs. I've still got a VHS player. <laughs> <laughs> That's how retro I am. I won't let it go. I should put I should put uh put it out there for the council pick up. No. It will be there tomorrow. It'll be <laughs> there for no one'll pick it up. Who wants a VHS recorder these days? Topic of the show. <laughs> Fifty four <laughs> minutes in. Oh we well, we can wrap this up in half an hour and then we're done our we're done our day, day's work. <laughs> then we can go get some sushi or get something. Some sushi. I'm fucking done. Have a bit of a nap. Very Just enough.
1: quickly, I did see um over the holiday season, the last of the Star Wars Disney oh, okay. things. and Okay. Um, can you... Okay, let's do it. I'm glad it's over. It's <laughs> done. We <laughs> it's can all move
0: on now. Because um, you know what I want to do? I want to set up a podcast with you, the Drunken Monkey and Sassy sahuni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you and Sassy Sahuni have the same opinion on it. Yeah. Whereas the Drunken Monkey enjoyed it. I yeah, spoke to him it's a, a complete, day or so ago about it. it
1: it's It's... Yeah. Okay. No, we should do that because that'd be good. That probably. I want to set it up yep. a whole proper topic on on Star Wars and where it, how it started, where it went, and please just stop it. Just it needs to stop.
0: Like these podcasts. <laughs> like, no. Fuck! I'm done with this podcast. <laughs>
1: It's day, it's day one in.
0: It's day one in. I'm already. I'm already. 20 20. In. I'm already indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already like. I oh, do. I have to.
1: All right. We'll save the Star Wars thing for another. Yeah.
0: Time. I. I want to save it because I just briefly. You and Sassy Sahini have the same opinion. She actually told me to never watch it. Don't watch it. I never agree. see it. Never see it. It just pretend it doesn't exist. And I said to her, Well, what if I've got access to Disney Plus? Right, Not that I've subscribed to it, but I've got access to it. Would I? What, should I watch it? And she said, no, I wouldn't even bother then. That's oh, what she told me. She said it's insulting.
1: I would agree. I would agree with that. Not to be a negative Nelly about yep. these things. They are, at the end of the day, just movies. But I would 100% agree. Don't bother. Or don't waste your time with it.
0: It's up. It yeah. It was, it was, I've yeah. seen the nerds come out. I've seen crazy videos like the 40 plot holes or loopholes in the movie that we can go over. And your mate... <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy from Geeks and Gamers. He was ripping at a new arsehole the other day. Like, it's just um, I don't know. See, I see. You know what I'm gonna say. I told you so. I just knew. I just knew that's what it was gonna be. I just knew it. Like, didn't have to be a rocket scientist to see all the evidence pointing towards that. Where they had so many reshoots towards the very last, like to the nth degree at the you know at the last minute. There's a problem. There's got to be a problem with this thing, you know? You can't be confident with this movie if you're doing multiple retakes and reshoots for the final ending at one month before the premiere of this movie. Yeah. That's the, what 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 that's what was going on, right? And so I, I knew something wasn't going to be right. I smelled a rat straight away with this shit. The, you
1: know? On reflection of the three Disney ones as well, what a shame and a wasted opportunity okay. to progress a story forward.
0: Now remember, okay, so do you remember when Disney first bought the rights to Star Wars mm. and they, I think they released The Force Awakens and we went to that movie premiere and we sat down and we talked about it we said it was okay, it wasn't bad. I'll, I'll stand by that. It's not a bad movie at all. It's just very safe. But I remember saying to you, I've got a really bad feeling we're not going to get a cl- – and this is going to lead to our topics now, we're not going to get a classic We're not going to get an Aliens. We're not going to get a a, a Blade Runner. I know it's not Apple's with Apple's comparisons here, but what I'm saying is we're not going to get that sci-fi classic because Disney are not capable of it. It's not because they don't have the talent, right, or the resources or the money or anything like that because they do. It's just that they created a blueprint which boxed themselves into a corner. They had said, for the next six years, folks, you're going to get a Star Wars movie. Right? you're going to get the Skywalker saga every, every other year and in between that you're going to get a spin-off movie. Right? And everyone was like, yay, this is great, Star Wars coming out of our ass. Right, But what happened was they boxed themselves into a corner because they didn't give themselves much time to fix up fuck-ups. Mm. Right? There were so many reshoots and rewrites of you know, the, the solo movie mm. when that was first being produced that they ran out of... You know they wanted more time for that thing to fix it, but they didn't have it. So at the last minute, they got Ron Howard in to to direct it and fix it, and he did the best he could with it. And okay, fine. It was just fine. I'm not going to shit on it. It was fine. And this is what I mean. All these movies are just fine. Right? I'm just being kind. I haven't even seen the last one. And I stood by my word, folks, I didn't see it. I still haven't seen it. Well after the premiere. Fuck it. I'm not... I'm not even going to buy if it's on Disney Plus casually. All right, whatever. I might watch it if it appears on Fox. Still, I may go. I may watch it, but I'm not. I'm not hungry for it anymore. You know.
1: Disney did have creativity, though. You could go back and say in the early '80s, I suppose, for some science fiction. I still think leading original, into our
0: topic. I still. Fifty nine minutes in. Minutes. <laughs> the original Tron. Yep. That. Oh, classic! Classic. yeah. Jeff Bridges was great in that, you and know. entering a computer machine. Yep. And yeah. Well, see, that was in the era of we didn't know what computers were, so everything's possible. Mm. Computers like uh, Electric Dreams, computers can, like, talk to you and open your front door and all that shit and fall in love with you. And crazy-ass stories were being written about computers. And so Tron was perfect, mm. you know, because it was in – I think it came out in 82, and so – it was kind of as a kid believable that Jeff Bridges would be in the CPU, <laughs> right? And he and there'd be a disc, and you got to try and beat the ECM, which was like this CPU type thing. Yeah, bizarre shit. But Trom is a classic, and I think we're talking about uh, was it the Black Hole?
1: Yeah. So they had an attempt again off for Star Wars, the back of the original Star Wars to to venture into sci-fi. Yeah. Which cost them a bit of money, and. Also, the intro, the intro might may have been one of the first times computer graphics have been used to introduce the movie. I know that Last Starfighter, yep, uh, that was one of the first. I believe it was one of the first, you know, he- heavily computer based movies. Oh, um, you know, graphic. Uh, what's the word? Graphic bloody.
0: Yes. Yeah, uh, what's the CGI? CGI. Yeah.
1: Was one of the black hole that I like the black hole. Do you do you remember it? I do. do you,
0: I was going to watch it again before you came up here, but I didn't have time. But I do remember it had those two robots. Yeah. And I do remember the black hole. I remember being amazed by how this spaceship was right next to this black hole. And uh, I do remember some of the characters. Like there was that baddie. If, you've, if you if yeah. you watch it now it has dated a bit Oh, yeah. and it's a, yeah. a
1: bit cheesy and some of the dialogues a bit some what, of the act of choice Was it a
0: late 70s movie?
1: I think it was 70 probably 79 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um but the red villain Maximilian as a child I remember him with his spinning razor blades and it's a bit of a plot a plot spoiler but he he does do some damage to yeah. one of the main characters in there. Yeah. And then they go through, they eventually get sucked into the black hole and come out the other end, and it's a very trippy, weird ending at the same fall. But that was yeah. a bit of an experimentation for Disney at that point in time. Yeah. Who supposedly turned down Star Wars originally, the original trilogy series that George Lucas was shopping around. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I guess they have in the past, but now it just seems to be rehashing the same old sort of stuff over and over They've had the just... <sighs>
0: I don't know. They just don't – I I don't think I've ever been their target market. That's just my problem with them. You know, like even when they did release Tron and the Black Hole, they were, I think, good sci-fi movies. But then they would release a lot of family-friendly movies that I just never really cared about. That's just me. And then going through the 2000s where they had all of those, what are they, Hannah Montana and all that shit. I Huh? (laughs) What? I guess – as a fucking 25-year-old man, I'm not going to watch Hannah Montana, you know what I mean?
1: Do you think we're ever going to see anything that's topping the old, probably what you could argue with the big three or big four? Which we want to talk about. Ali- 102, <laughs> 102 into 102 it. Into it. <laughs> the original Terminator, Terminator 1 and 2, the original Aliens, the original Predator.
0: Do you um, want?
1: I don't think we're ever going to see...
0: I'll answer it. No? No! <laughs> never! Because they were made in a different time, obviously, in the 80s, right? And I'll tell you why. Very high level because the audience was different. The audience's attention span was way better than it is today. Today's audience wants, you know, explosions and special effects coming out of their ass and they want superheroes and they want this and they want that. The 80s movies that we're talking about, Terminator... 1 and 2 So Terminator The original was in 84 T2 was 91 And if you want to talk about um, What was the other movies uh, Blade Runner 82 That came out I think it was 82
1: I really like Blade Runner But
0: they're thinking people that you got to think About yeah. that You know what I mean Like I know Terminator you don't Because if you want to talk about Terminator for or Actually Terminator Terminator you kind of do Because There's a lot of lore With Terminator
1: there's right. a – yeah, there's a, a lot of uh, – you. there's a bigger thing going on in Terminator and the people who it's affecting are just going about their day-to-day lives, like Linda Hamilton, you know, she's yeah. worried about getting a date and the other – the housemate. Yep. You know,
0: they're, they're – just, They're just young women living young in a kids. house, in a unit, you know. All like, the
1: cops, they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, another murder that's going on, so forth like that. But the reality is basically there's an unstoppable juggernaut of an apocalypse coming in. Yep. Um. I, I kinda like I like that watching watching it again and yeah. over and over all the years as well. Yeah. That that underlying theme of something is bigger something bigger is going on in these people's day to day lives. Yeah. And then it's really up to Kyle Reese to 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 sell that to yep. Linda Hamilton and do his job and you know. See you know what's great about that
0: day? movie? That movie was created in a time, honestly, where there was no real political agenda. Mm. Where see that's the other thing. I've, I've said this before. They can't help themselves these movies movies these days. The studios have to put in their own personal political agendas or opinions into their movies. They can't help themselves, right? Whereas back in the 80s, they didn't do that so much. And yet they had just as much uh, equality, so to speak, than they do now, right? Because if you, if you look at Terminator, Linda Hamilton starts Terminator 1 as being quite, um, innocent. She's just a normal person. She's looking, as you said, she's looking for a date. Um, she's with a flatmate. You would never think of her as being this badass superhero that she ends up being, right? And then as the movie progresses, she gets more and more confident. She gets more and more as the as the hero herself.
1: Yeah, the get the get on your feet, soldier. Get on when your feet, Kyle's soldier. Yeah,
0: that's right. She actually. So, Kyle Reese gets. Weaker and weaker as this movie goes on, and she gets stronger and stronger. Mm. They flip, right? So by the time Terminator Two comes out, which is many many years later, obviously in the real world because it's released in ninety one from eighty four, um, you know Linda Hamilton's this badass superhero.
1: Yeah, she's as she, yeah you know, not as strong as a Terminator. No, she's but she, she's just as ready ready for that's the right up for
0: that's right. As they are that's right, and so there is no that that that. Progression came naturally. It wasn't force fed down your throat. And that's the other thing too. Movies back then, you had to think a little bit. Like Blade Runner. Blade Runner, you really have to think about that movie quite a bit, right? To get invested in the actual world and what's going on around you and what's happening. Whereas these days, they kind of ram it down your throat so you don't have to think so much. I like how Blade Runner,
1: huh? even, the, even Harrison Ford and Ridley, they talk about how um, they have differing opinions on what uh, Deckard is. Yeah, Ford thinks he played Deckard as a human, whereas the director thinks he was actually the replicant. Yeah. So that whole... Well,
0: I tell you something. Now I'll tell you something. That see, this is what I mean about that movie, right, Blade Runner. This is where you got to think about it. Because on the surface level, Deckard's just a, uh, a Blade Runner. He's just getting skin jobs off the beaten track. So he's rounding up all these um, rogue replicants. But reality is, is that it's been insinuated for so many years that he himself is a replicant, mm. designed to get rid of other replicants. And there's one scene... Now, I'm pulling this out of my ass. There's one scene... Because you know in Blade Runner they've got that machine and it looks at your eyes... The Voicom. The Voicom. And it looks at your eyes and sees the pupil being dilated as you're being asked questions like, you see a turtle flipped over on its shell, struggling in the blazing desert sun. What do you do? And then they'll answer... They'll make that answer and they'll say, oh, I just walk past and ignore it or something like this. I can't remember the exact line, but that kind of question. In that movie, you can clearly see that the, the pupils are dilated and purpley mm. at certain points of the, of the way the light reflects in the eye. Do you know what I'm talking about? And there's one shot in the movie later on where Deckard's chasing down uh, Roy. And you can see the same purpley reflection in his eye at a certain scene. It's very subtle, but people have picked up on it. And it's been insinuated for many, many years at Decades, a replicant. Mm. Right? But a very well engineered one that can beat the, um, via the what is it called? A VIA uh, the video Voicron machine. Yeah, the Voicron.
1: So I'm of the opinion. Oh, here we go. I about, I, this is why I really like Blade Runner. Yep. Because it it raises questions, and you build a universe, and you go away and discuss and debate it, and and I'm of the opinion that no, he's not a replicant.
0: But then, then, but did you see? But see, this is what's so great about that movie. I could be completely wrong here, right? I know it could be, but I'm of the school that he is, because even the picture of his mother is phony, because his mother's it's all black and white, and it looks like it's set in the 1940s whereas Blade Runner was originally supposedly 2019, mm. right? So it's it's actually the past now because we're 2020 That's now. That's right. Right? Uh, but well, it's 2029
1: when Arnie's sent back. It's 2029 when the Terminator's sent back and Cole Reese, so we've got the end of this decade. End of this decade.
0: Well, dec- well i tell you what, it, it could happen. We'll get, we'll get to Terminator in a bit more detail. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So there's certain, certain things about his wardrobe there's a scene where he sits down near his wardrobe and there's all these old artifacts on his wardrobe and one of the pictures on his mirror is supposedly of his mother mm. but then but then he can't really recall his mother
1: no that's right and the movie doesn't really go into no. any of his history but see as well. but see how of- it's a
0: bit dodgy so he's he himself is dodgy mm. he that's why the theory of him being a replicant potentially holds water the
1: only thing again, or a thing against that would be that don't they admit even in Blade Runner that there's they haven't developed the lifespan? Or is Rachel the one who will still die after the four years at that point? Rachel well? will still die after four years. So then, then Deckard's only been around for three yeah, years or two years. That's right. But he hasn't got
0: memory of that. He hasn't got memory no, of that. But that's I suppose
1: right. then it adds weight to that argument. Because they, they don't really go into his backstory. There's no. That's real right. He about just. It. That's right. And he, he just dumps you into that, the film. And that's right. If it goes. And
0: when he, I'm sure there's a line in the movie where he says he can't remember his mower. Mm. Right. But there's a really that could have just very been, subtle scene. He's
1: hypertensive, and he's not taking his meds. He's hypertensive.
0: His blood pressure is 140 over 110. No, 110. He's in the shit. <laughs> but the the point is, there's a scene in that movie where just the light reflects off his eyes and he's got that same purpley eye as all the other replicants do. It could be when he's right? in
1: one of the um, flying cars, I think. I. I do you know what I'm talking about? There's yeah. a scene,
0: it's very subtle. And that movie is a very, uh, it's quite a difficult movie in a lot of ways to like. Um, but it's such a, like, see, I, I can't imagine apart from film enthusiasts today, going to the movies to watch that movie. The modern audience wouldn't accept that movie, I don't think, because there's not enough action in it's it. It's too slow. It's too slow. Action. Exactly. It's too slow, not enough action. you got to think, right? It doesn't make sense. It's not very clear. Some of the dialogue's mumbly, right? You know, and it's very dark. It's very depressing. Um,
1: they say, though, at the time it was released, that suffered exactly from those problems because – Harrison Ford had to go back and uh, narrate what was going on because the test screening audience had no idea what the hell was going on yeah. when they were watching it first yeah. time. But probably after years and years and years and years of watching it, that's why you build your own opinion.
0: And It's a movie you got to watch more than once. More than once. You have to. I, I, I don't know how many times I've seen Blade Runner. It's one of my favourite sci-fi movies of all time. It truly is. um But it just doesn't make things obvious, you know. Unfortunately, it looks a little dated now, only because even though they were very clever, some of the product placement in the background like TDK and some of these Pan Am, Am, they're all now since gone. So now, you know, the future has actually caught up with it, you know, whereas being back in 82, they were relevant companies and you can imagine the neon signs blasting you everywhere with product placement, whereas now we, we actually are now the future. We are living that era, that era where it was set. Those companies ceased to exist. So, so when you watch it, it's kind of a bit like, oh, well, yeah, it's kind of dated now. But it holds up beautifully um, in a lot of ways. And I, I just find it a bit tragic that somewhere, somehow people were compelled to create a sequel in Blade Runner 2049 and the only thing... I don't want to harp on it because it's not an 80s movie. We want to talk about 80s movies more in a bit more detail. But with that movie, I just felt it was unnecessary. It just was unnecessary. It wasn't awful. It wasn't awful. But it, it just didn't... I don't know why it exists.
1: Whether people you know? were calling for it. I, I've always wanted to see something else from that universe, from Blade Runner. But again, you're right. After... Well, I... I think I agree after watching it, it was just a bit
0: meh. It was like, it wasn't awful, you know, but it was like, why do you exist? You didn't actually, I don't think in any way, shape or form enhance the first movie. You didn't actually enhance it. I don't think. Um, And I actually think it did Harrison Ford a bit of a disservice, if I'm honest. Like, you know, and, and this is the problem with Terminator. You know, Terminator 1 and 2 are classics, absolute classics right fantastic strong female character fat great uh, male characters fantastic and then you get to the modern terminator i haven't seen the latest one but i know what happened in it and why do you continue with it you know if you're going to do damage to the first two movies and their legacy why would you continue it if they've actually damaged that franchise from my understanding of the latest movie that's been released last year but I, yeah, yeah no I, need for it, you know. And notice, too, as you go further into the Terminator franchise, there's more explosions, less lore, less substance, more crash bang. You know what I mean? That's the problem, you know, because Terminator 2 is a classic, even though it's got a lot of action in it. It's still held true to the law. Mm. And then I think Terminator 3, I didn't hate Terminator 3. That was the one with the female uh, Terminator.
1: Yeah, I've, again, and the Claire start getting a bit too over the top with their technology and what I mean. The T one thousand was pretty amazing, but played no beautifully
0: by Robert Patrick, brother, brother of brother of Richard Patrick, Lee Filter. singer from Filter.
1: Um, yeah, T two, and the, but it ended in T two, didn't it? Swartz yeah. was put down into the uh, lava pit. Yeah, and that was basically it. I,
0: I just watched Terminator 2 the recently, look within the last week, and I'd forgotten how awesome Robert Patrick was as the T-1000 in that movie. Like for a, a character that is supposed to say very little and have no emotion really, the amount of emotion he has is amazing. Towards the end of that movie, just before he gets incinerated in the um, – lava pit or whatever, the smelting pot or whatever you call it, Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor, she's pumping him full of uh, the shotgun. shotgun shells and the T-1000's just got bubbles in, in his yeah. chest. And then Arnie comes behind him on the conveyor belt and Arnie's been beaten up badly <clears throat> because he's an inferior T-800, his last year's model. He's, a, he's running out, you know, like, to, you, know, you know when you buy a car in January? Run out model. Run out model. Honey <laughs> was the run out model. And he had like this rocket launcher thingy. I don't know what it was. And anyway, it split the T 1000 in half. But before that, as Linda Hamilton's pumping him full of shotgun shells, he does this. He wiggles his finger, his index finger out of like, no, no, no. Absolutely brilliant, right? And And see, you don't have to say much to convey what's going on. You know what I mean? But Terminator's a classic, but I I don't want to talk about Terminator, and I don't even think about Terminator beyond Terminator 2.
1: Arnie's excellent. I would go back to in Terminator, the first Terminator. Oh, I don't brilliant. think he was supposed to be the Terminator. I think they were trying, he might have stumbled across it. Wasn't it He'll, Dolph Lundgren? Wasn't yeah. he supposed to be Terminator? The, I think, or over I
0: pulled that out of my ass? Not
1: sure, but Arnie Probably have. I think was going to be Kyle Reese, and then they oh. saw him. No, let's do him. Let's do him as the Terminator. He's he's excellent as that just machine crunching through. But then again, that's probably part of the problem with Terminator that had to continue on as the years go by. Yeah, we know that it's a living tissue over an endoskeleton, and they do age. But that probably it doesn't make sense. That's what I
0: mean. It bring see the comical
1: continuing of him having to be in it. That's what I mean. But
0: they also they couldn't help themselves with that franchise. Mm. They they put more into it, and Arnie became more comedy relief as the Terminator as time went on. You know, like I think it was T three, I could be wrong, or Genesis, one of them. T three has he, that
1: coffin scene, where yeah. and he gets programmed not to kill anyone. That's right, he? yeah. And he
0: puts on those sunglasses, but they're stars, <laughs> and it just looks so stupid. You know what I mean? Like the first one, there was none of that. He was a badass. Remember, he got out of uh, I think it was Terminator two or well, maybe it was one. He gets out because uh, you, you know when you travel through time, you're naked, right? So Arnie with his big schlong, he's walking through the <laughs> the, the the bar or something, and he takes some bikey jackets. A, bi- a t- bikey t-, t two, it's T two, isn't yeah. it? He takes a bikey jacket and he and he puts the sunglasses on, and he looks like a badass. But then the the subsequent Terminator movies, they made him a bit more comedy relief, and I couldn't I couldn't do with that. I just couldn't do with it that get all a little bit carry-on. It got a little bit carry-on. I just, no. Nah, carry-on carry on Terminator. Carry-on Terminator.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bill Paxton too was one of the punks in the first. Yes, that, he
0: was. And it, there's, a, there's a little thing about Bill Paxton. Yep. He's the only actor that's ever been in every... Alien. Al- predator. He, yep.
1: And the and Terminator. That's right. So he was thrown against a, a wall in Terminator. Yep. Uh He's Hudson.
0: Yep. In Alien. That's right. He was great. Oh. In the, that's a, Rest in peace, uh, peace Bill. R.I.P. R.I.P. Bill Paxton. What an awesome actor. And uh, yeah, he was great in, a. let's get to it. What a classic Just franchise. Just one a little bit about yep.
1: Bill Paxton. He actually was a Suicidal Tendencies fan and knew Mike. So i linked back to music. Yep. I didn't know this too. on his When he passed away, Mike Muir from the legendary 80s metal, well, they're still going, but uh, thrash punk band. Yep. Um, they worked together, Mike Muir and Bill Paxton. Uh, I think they were delivery boys, paper boys or something like that. Yeah. So, he, yeah, he was a Suicidal Tendencies fan. Yeah. And then um, Predator. It was Predator 2 where he was killed by um, the over-the-top 80s action of Predator 2. Uh, yeah. But Aliens, sorry. Uh, mate, do
0: uh, there's something I don't know if it was Bill Paxton. He was Texas born. But I'm not sure if it was him or another actor. I might be getting this mixed up. But he was at the JFK shooting as a young, young boy. Holy moly. A young, young – I mean, young, like, two two years old or something like that, two or three years old. He was with his parents, and uh, they were at the motorcade. And I'm sure it's Bill Paxton. That's his other link. Yeah, right. Is that he was at the – so there's, like, a really wacky trivia thing that who was in Aliens – Predator, Terminator, and was part of the JFK so and witnessed the JFK shooting.
1: I've never heard the witness of JFK. Yeah, shooting. yeah. Well,
0: he he apparently he was there with his parents. Holy, moly. as a very young, boy like a baby, basically. You're right. And uh, he was they t- they took him to the, J- the motorcade at uh, D- Dealey Plaza, and uh, yeah, there's a picture of him. I'm sure it's Bill Paxton. That was his uh, little weird link that he had as a useless bit of trivia but aliens one of my favorite movies honestly i'm talking alien and aliens and aliens interesting because it's one of the great horror movies of the late 70s it really is i think it came out what 78 or 79, 79. or 79 ridley scott directed brilliant absolutely brilliant and again this is the difference between modern movies and movies of the bygone era Because, again, it's very slow. It's a very slow, methodical horror movie, really. The main protagonist is, obviously, uh, Sigourney Weaver as Ripley, who, again, a bit like Sarah Connor in Terminator, she starts off as a bit of a... uh, She's not your typical action hero. She's a... What is she? She's a... Not a... They're just freight. She's a freight. They're just freight people. But, But what's her role on that mining vessel? Um... She's That's a, stretching my mind. Man. I know it's stretching mine too. But she's either a quarantine specialist, or she's a or she's a mineral specialist. They're she's, all non-military. Aren't yeah, they? she's non-mil. She's not part of the military. The whole crew no, is exactly. She's just a, a. She's just working on this uh, mining vessel.
1: And there's a distress signal that sends them to
0: a planet. Yep. And they go to that planet, and there is basically uh, a, they go down to the uh, planet from memory because it's been a long time since I've seen it. And one of the crew members comes across the eggs yeah, and the space the jockey. The space jockey. <clears throat> the space jockey, which would later be in Prometheus. And he, uh, the, what do you call it, the sucker, punctures his mask and ingests him with a... Uh, it's John Hurt. John Hurt. And ingests him with the egg or whatever it is, and then he recovers, and then the traumatic scene of the alien at the, at the breakfast table. Look, I always think they have a breakfast because in the back of the scene you can see breakfast cereal. Do you remember? I'm being. Yeah, I'm sure it's breakfast. It's breakfast because they've got like breakfast cereal on the bloody table. I love how it was parodied <coughs> in
1: Spaceballs. Oh yeah, as well. And they used John Hurt, and he says "Not again" or something. Whatever.
0: Yeah, that's right. Not again. <laughs> Spaceballs is great, but yeah. So then that that scene is um, a thing of the era. That's Unbelievable that the alien comes out and runs across. It's a bit silly now when you watch it now, it's a bit silly that little alien pops out of the stomach and then runs across the table. looks a bit silly. Um,
1: Yeah. But fo- like when you see photos and still shots of the alien actually coming out, it's pretty good what they were doing. Oh yeah. Then. Back
0: in the time. Yeah.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Of all of these uh, puppets or they're restricted by what they can do. But yeah, I've, Pretty impressive.
0: It's impressive, but it's just—it is a horror movie. It's very slow, and um,
1: and then it just goes along and eventually wipes out the crew one by one. Yeah, work. that's right. And there's a little bit of a—I suppose—is it a nod to Space Odyssey? I might have got that wrong, but the um, their android goes um, goes a bit haywire.
0: Yep. What was the android? Because the f- in Aliens it was Bishop, Bishop, but in the f- Alien it's not Bishop. It's it's I can't remember his name.
1: Now was he directed by the company to yes to keep the xenomorph. Yes,
0: because if you remember Ripley and the android have a big argument about the quarantine procedures. They want cuz she wants to isolate him and the android wants to study it. And so the android's directed by the company to let um to let the alien out. It's it's Ash Ash yeah I knew it wasn't Bishop Ash and Ash malfunctions Ian Holm and he w- went on
1: to do um uh, we probably run out of time it's not really science fiction the Lord of the Rings that needs a
0: that needs a that's, a, that's a topic in itself the, that trilogy yeah but yeah so he he malfunctions oh that and that's scene where he gets the magazine and he rolls the magazine up and he starts putting the magazine that's been rolled up. Down Ripley's throat or mouth, so she so she chokes, is horrific. Mm. You know, I think I watched that as a kid. Oh, <laughs> I was, yeah. yeah, and I shouldn't have watched it because it's a little bit horrific. But uh, that's a classic movie. And again, I don't know if that would work today because there's not a lot of action per se. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of special effects. It's all on a, on the one set. There's only a handful of characters who basically get eliminated one by one. There's no weapon. There's they no weapon. They basically
1: build a flamethrower or something. Yeah, they built
0: that. Because, again, they're not... Whatever they've got. They're not military. They're they're scientists, you know. Oh, she's an engineer. Ripley's an engineer. Yeah. That's right. So uh, that's a different premise too in itself because there's no gun-ho, you, know, sci- you know, they's mow this thing down. That would have saved them a lot of time. So they had to ba- build that a flamethrower and do all that sort of stuff. And then you've got aliens. Yeah. James Cameron in 86 did aliens. Eh? Yeah. yeah. James Cameron did aliens. And that's very different.
1: I think he got that because of the success of Terminator two uh, Terminator.
0: Terminator. Yeah. Well, aliens is very different from alien because if aliens, a horror movie, aliens, aliens is, is an action movie. movie. It's a war movie. Yeah. Yeah. And Ripley, again, this is interesting, right? If you watch it closely, at the start of that movie, Ripley again has gone back to her previous uh, character in terms of not wanting any conflict. She's not a she's not a soldier. She's working a what is it? A loader.
1: She's got probably post traumatic stress disorder, and her Heaps blood pressure the would be shit. Her blood pressure is shit.
0: She's probably medicated for blood pressure for sure because she's got PTSD. Uh, yeah, so she's not wanting conflict. So she's not your typical action hero, right? And then, of course, by the end of it, she's joined the military and...
1: The guy from Man About You. Mad oh,
0: about that was uh, Paul Cull- Reiser. Yeah, Paul Reiser. <laughs> Mad About You. <laughs> 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 and it, it, you know what? He plays the same fucking part. Because <laughs> he's a little weasel in that. Well, Helen Hunt and uh, Paul Reiser were in Mad About You, weren't... Because that was his wife. That was his... Yeah. Right? But Paul Reiser is the same in Aliens as he is in mad about you. He's like a little weasel type guy. Company man. Company man. We, we manufacture those, by the way, because <laughs> he's spotting all the, the, the reactor core and all that sort of stuff saying they manufacture it. And, uh, yeah, Ripley's not wanting any part of it. She looks like she's completely out of place in that planet and that, that situation. It's horrific. It's horrifying. And it starts off as a horror movie, again, from like it does in Alien, and then it progresses to an action movie. When they come across not just one alien, but aliens. Yeah. And uh, I remember when that... Now, f-
1: but the, they... So, it, the premise, they discovered the colony. Yep. No, they... Didn't they leave the eggs around and it actually... No, 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 of course. Newt and her family are out there, and they stumbled across the beacon or something. That's right. That is, the the um, space jockey. That's right. Then that infected. That's right. Her, the dad. He that's took right. It back. That's right. And all hell. So, loose so out everything the would colon.
0: have been okay if they had never found that space jockey, mm. which is where Ripley was originally. I think.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's the same. So she quality. gets wind.
0: She gets wind of where they are, which is LVK four two. You're terraforming. this She planet? goes. You're terraforming this. Mm. And they're like, yeah, it's what we call a shake and bake colon, colon- <laughs> I can't say that word. And uh, and so she's like, are oh, you idiots? Why would you do that? And they're like, well, there's nothing there. And well, and she's like, bullshit. That's where my ship was. Yeah, that's where we harassed by a fucking alien. And so yeah, she goes back to investigate because she's familiar with the planet.
1: No, they lose communication.
0: Yes, because yeah. but she's familiar with the planet. Yeah, and so
1: an, she's the part of there as an envoy. Or a that's advisor. right,
0: because you remember. Um, What's her name? Uh, Vasquez. Vasquez. That's right. Thank you for that. Vasquez goes, who's this? And uh, the other one says, uh, well, she's, apparently she saw an exomorph. And uh, and then she says, well, I hope you take this seriously. I really do. Because if one of those things just gets through, they took out my entire crew, all this shit. If Pedro was here, he'd be ripping me a new arsehole <laughs> because he, he remembers it word for word. I'll tell you a story about that. We saw aliens randomly at my uh, relative's house in Italy, and it was all dubbed in Italian. Oh, that'd be fantastic! And Pedro translated it <laughs> in English because <laughs> he can remember every word, literally every word. Right? Because he's seen that so many times. And I'll tell you now, I wish he was here because he lost a bet at school. Because you remember they had the director. Yeah. yeah, you remember he had a director's cut. Yeah, right. They had the director's cut. And the director's cut included the, the turrets, mm. right? That was awesome. That was fucking awesome, right? And I remember at school, him and this other guy had a big argument about how many rounds were left when the aliens finally bugged out of there. Because remember, the aliens kept coming. Yeah. And there were four, them, yeah. four, tu- four turrets or two turrets. Oh,
1: what a trivia question. Yeah. Is it seven? No. No.
0: Where's Pedro? It was one. One. Yeah. Because- the first one runs out of ammo and the you hear the aliens going right like they they're screaming and they're just getting butchered coming through the tunnels and then the other ones basically going down and hudson's going come on baby come on right <laughs> they're overheating they're overheating so the, again yeah.
1: again a, a awesome part of that yeah the one, lighting
0: the lighting is amazing in that but you don't
1: it's, you see the
0: guns that's alright yeah. you
1: see the guns just doing their thing and yep. then the countdown yep. and you hear the screams of the aliens that's right, in going,
0: the corridor yep. the thumping the thumping and, that thumping, kind of and they're but banging against
1: the actually have probably due to limitations of uh, graphics and special effects of that well there time, was no CGI there was no CGI no. no so it's the thought of it yeah
0: that's yeah. right because they didn't have the technology they couldn't think of they couldn't just randomly create you know 300 aliens running through the Corridors in the facility, so they they had to use their imagination, which made you use your imagination. Because remember, once they finally found out that the aliens were at the reactor, the reactor core, they had to bolt and shut down the medical center. I think it was the medical center where they were staying. So they they shut the doors down. They welded them. Vasquez was welding, yeah. right? Because that was the best bit. Because they would always like, hurry up, Vasquez. I'm going as fast as I can. Do it now, like, you know, and she's like bolting the door and all that shit. So once they, they settled it all down and they said they're going to set up camp at the medical centre and wait for help, which would be, I think it was two months or some ridiculous amount of time, they – you could hear the banging of the a- yeah. aliens headbutting the door trying to get through because they knew that the humans were there in the medical centre – and then they finally found a way. They went through the roof. Yeah, they learned. They learned. Yeah. They went through the roof. But those, but those turrets were an addition. They weren't part of the original movie. Because, no. again, I think back then they wanted movies to be shorter. Yeah. Oh, it, and ran, so, it ran quite long. Yeah, it, it ran very long. The
1: scene where Newt, gets, uh, Newt goes out with the family and gets uh, the dad gets impregnated, that that was different. Yeah, that's,
0: uh, that wasn't included. But, see, that added so much more to the movie because yeah. he actually went, okay – that's how they this uh, facility got in, infested by the aliens because someone went out there and went and found that space jockey again, where all the eggs are, where Ripley was many years before in the original ship that she was in, yeah. right? Whereas in the I guess the original release of the movie, they never showed that, and they never remember they show the facility in the in the uh, extended cut. Yeah, they show all the people working there and how many people there were. So in in the original release, they only told you that.
1: Yeah, that's right. There's you know? a kid on a big wheel. That's right. The uh, he was on a green,
0: uh, like a, gr- a green machine he was on. The goddamn colonists. That's right. The goddamn colonists. That's right. A classic movie. A um, classic movie. And But I love the lighting in that. when Because the best bit is when they cut the power, and Hudson goes, how can they cut the power, man? They're just animals. Right? <laughs> and the light just goes red. So there's just a, a sea of red. You just see red in so many scenes in that movie. Because there's no, there's no real lighting. He was excellent in that. Uh, he was brilliant. Absolutely. Game over, man. Game over. Because he panics. But then he overcomes his panic and he becomes a hero at the end. Remember when the alien grabs him? Yeah. And he starts shooting at everything.
1: He gets taken down inside. Exactly right. And Michael, and I, I can't pronounce his name probably, Michael, yeah. Ben Ben, who played uh, Kyle Reese. He was excellent.
0: Uh, Michael that. Bean. Yeah, it's Michael Bean. He, he, he
1: yes, he was excellent in that too.
0: Yes, well, he I mean he was huge in the eighties. That guy because like like we said, he was Kyle Reese in Terminator. He played. He was in Aliens. Uh, he was um, he was in a lot of eighties movies. Actually, if you look up a lot of IMD- them pop up. The
1: same, like in that era, So yeah. The Running Man, for example. Oh,
0: eighty-seven. The Running um, Man came out.
1: One of the guys in the Running Man was in the original Alien. Yes, um, he
0: was. Uh, I only saw that last night. I was watching The Running Man and I go, that guy was in the original yeah, Alien. The original and the cookie Alien. queen just looked at me like, what the fuck are you talking about?
1: Uh, the, the female lead was in Predator 2. Uh, she was in. She was one of the reporters or whatever it was in Predator 2. Yep. So they're all sort of shopping and switching around, all the classic, Yeah, the classics.
0: Well, I think in those days, if a director worked with you quite frequently, they would pick those same actors. If, there, if it was the same director.
1: It's probably all the same crew or team. I'd like, say you
0: know, so, yeah. Well. I'd say so, yeah.
1: I saw... um, I don't think you could make it, but we saw uh, Aliens again on the big screen because...
0: At the Orpheum? At the Orpheum. Where you get the best chock tops in...
1: And it's not associated with that place in any way, but God bless them for showing reruns. It's fantastic how you can go and see the old vintage stuff again. Aliens holds up well on review... Um, There are some bits that look really dated. But one thing, in my opinion, that looks excellent, even to this day on the big screen and and has aged pretty well, is Predator.
0: Oh, right, yeah.
1: And I think that is one of the top science fiction-y action movies as well, partly because of Schwarzenegger, partly because of all the egos that are in it, partly because it is quite simplistic and it's not super relying on CGI. Yep.
0: Well, he was a man in a suit.
1: He was a man in a suit. Yeah, that's all he was. Um, it took a long time before the Predator comes into it as well. It's sort yep. of two stories in one. you got the action team coming in and doing their little bit. Well,
0: they were doing a drug bust, weren't they? Weren't they doing something with a drug CIA, the cartel? The CIA yeah.
1: and American, yeah, there's some kidnaps and so forth. A chopper went down. And the chopper. They had to go and get in there. And then, um, yeah, and then the team was brought in because Carl Weathers' character um, –
0: Dylan no, Dylan
1: get yeah, the
0: puny pushing Bens yeah,
1: had to uh and then he was sort of yeah basically go in and, and get that that predator yeah. the first predator still looks great yeah Tuesday, it does in my
0: opinion. it does and it's uh, there's a lot of tension there that music you want' to talk about soundtracks I think I know it's simplistic but the music of, of uh predator with a uh, the haunting little drum like
2: yeah when they're when
0: they're in the jungle. And you can see the Predator and it goes...
1: Yeah, I'd go so far as the the Running Man soundtrack. It's the same basic theme throughout that whole bit, but that, of course, it's all synth and 80s and so forth. That's great. Terminator, Yep. very simple um, to it. Aliens, actually, the Alien soundtrack, the, the second one... Oh, yeah. It's that again, very sort of simple ding, ding,
2: ding, ding, ding,
1: ding, like, yeah, science fiction thing through it. So, obviously, they're important and create an ad atmosphere to it. But, um, but Predator 2 after Predator, probably again, that went a bit silly.
0: I didn't like Predator 2. I didn't like Predator in LA. I'm sorry. I just and I and I, I like Danny Glover. He was great in that. It expanded.
1: I, it tried to expand the universe a bit and there was that real little snippet of at the very, very end when the ship has crashed and Danny Glovers walks into it and yeah. they, they don't kill him because he takes out one of his own, I suppose. But you do see the Predator skull yes. in there. As I, I remember as a kid thinking, oh my God, this is opening a massive universe. Yes. You know, Predators versus Aliens. And yeah. oh, I don't know. I, that well, turned you, out to be... That,
0: that turned out to be a big fizzle. The whole Aliens versus Predator thing... On paper, made sense. paper worked pap-
1: really well in comic books.
0: Yeah, it, it made sense, but as a movie, it just didn't. It didn't fly. They were. No. They just weren't there. No, it was awful. <laughs> it was abhorrent. What about the what? What do you reckon the blood pressure is for the alien?
1: Uh, well, they've got acid. It, it's acid blood. blood. <laughs>
0: so imagine putting a blood pressure machine on.
1: Well, you could take their blood pressure, but you, you'd have trouble with conventional needles. Oh yeah, because
0: it will just melt the needle. Just melt the needle. You is know, is Arnie what? the
1: king of the old school science fiction?
0: I think so. I th- well for the eighties, yeah, I think so because you know, as action hero, as as movie Terminator, hero things, there's Terminator,
1: Predator, the original Total Recall. I think that's it. Excellent. Oh, yeah.
0: Total Recall is a fucking classic, man.
1: Has dated pretty... It has. Like
0: from a... You know um, who I like in that, though? He was a great bad guy in the 80s, Michael Ironside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was great because he was in Highlander as well. Highlander, the quickening. Top Gun. Which was shit, but he was great in that because he he jumped on a train and he punched some train window to the conductor. (laughs) He goes, I've always wanted to drive a train. Hi, he just had cheesy one-liners, Michael Lyonside. He was Stereotype,
1: great. but yeah, he's a great always a baddie. antagonist. Yep. He was excellent yep. in that.
0: Yep, always a baddie. Mm. Yeah, Arnie's got to go down as one of the cult movie actors of the 80s. He just has to be. And he's always, I mean, he doesn't have much variation. He's always the same. He's always got like a cigar if he's playing a... Modern role, but you've forgotten about Conan, because yeah. Conan I think is where he started. I think, and he has like maybe four words to say in the in the whole movie, but he was perfect for that.
1: Did they dub his voice in an early one as well? There was something about not understanding the Austrian accent. Uh, I think they might. Have I don't developed. know enough
0: about him just to say confidently.
1: That's a movie I've not seen in a long time. Conan. So, yeah, Conan. Yeah. yeah. Conan. Conan. Conan O'Brien. Not Conan O'Brien.
0: Conan the... Well, James James Earl Jones. Yeah. He he's in there. He, again, he plays a great role. He's the baddie. He, he's the leader of a religious cult. <laughs> but, yeah, again, Arnie was perfect for those roles. Mm. He's just perfect, mm. you know. Was he acting? I don't know. Probably not. But I don't was, think
1: I don't think they would have worked if he wasn't in those roles. No, of those movies that it was in. No,
0: no, he was perfect for those roles. You know, like a Tom Tom Cruise couldn't do that, and he's and he's regarded as a great actor.
1: He's got a really good. I think he's he's
0: great in Mission Impossible for action type movies, but he's not the same presence as Arnie. A, a good sci-fi movie of his is that.
1: Live, die, repeat. Oh, that's Edge uh, of Edge of Tomorrow.
0: Yes, that's a classic. I really like that's that. That's a classic. Emily, Emily Blunt is yeah. in that. She, oh, that's where he relives the same day. It's like a, uh, a bit like what's that movie? Um, Groundhog Groundhog Day, day <laughs> with Bill Murray. Another classic eighties. Oh, they're, actor. Re-do- they're
1: redoing Ghostbusters.
0: I know. I don't know why. Just just don't. Is that going to be a, I don't just know don't. why they need to do it? Yeah, or well, is this going to be... Well, see, yeah. I want to know who's asking for it. Well, I know not. people wanted... Uh, see, people wanted Ghostbusters Busters 3 back in the day. Mm. I know people did. But now I'm wondering, it's been so long since Ghostbusters 2, which was in eight, 1989. Ghostbusters was in 1984. Why would you want Ghostbusters now? You had Ghostbusters 2016. This, the all female cast. I this don't know supposedly why. You want this.
1: completely Chews that out. Yeah. and just moves on to it. it's the same universe as the eighties one, this next this next one i believe. Yeah, that's
0: it's what like I've it. heard too. Yeah. But that worries me. <laughs> well, they've tried to convince uh Dan Aykroyd's being quoted as trying to convince Bill Murray to come back. But, but it's Bill, all finished, isn't it? Filmy. Yeah, done? but Bill this is before it was being uh-huh. shot. But Bill Bill I don't know if Bill Murray was keen originally. Uh, but I don't know, and you don't have uh, what was his name? Because he passed away.
1: Ah, oh, the so, the tall Spengler uh, yeah, or Spengler. What, or something. Spengler, what was his name? Him. Ivan
0: <laughs> Ivan Reitman.
1: Oh no, that's he's the director. Ah, uh, what's son his name? That's doing, uh, that's doing
0: it. What's his name? He passed away. Spengler. He he died, man. Oh no, that's, that's not good. No, it's not, not. No, good start
1: to it's, the year. It's
2: horrible. But
0: um,
1: yeah, no, you're right. I agree did anyone ask for this i don't know we'll wait and see no um it's not oh, i don't know it's not looking too good for the this year though from a science fiction point of view i i'm a little bit excited about june oh okay up. you
0: were talking to me about this let's finish up with june a little
1: bit excited about it although have you I, seen the
0: 1984 movie june with yes. uh with sting sting was in that
1: yes you have okay yes um that is a that's a tricky movie to watch. But at the same time, there's some really cool visual bits to it and some really wacky out Did, there things. Well, you know
0: what the problem with that is, is that they tried to cram... I was telling you, they tried to cram multiple books into one movie mm. and it's hard to do. Because June as a series of books is very complicated in itself. It's very political. And I don't know how you can translate that into like a two-hour movie, action movie, which is what they tried to do. And it just felt... It just looked weird... And was weird, but I understood it, not liked it, to be honest.
1: I think they're setting up this Dune to be almost like a trilogy bit as well. I oh, believe okay. that.
0: I think they have to. They're
1: going to, and some of the actors involved are quite, you know, they're quite well known and distinguished, and so forth. So I guess with the, the technology and so forth, but I love, I love the concept of the worms. You know, yeah, the, 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 the spice, the spice, the and spice, the, worms. the Fremen,
0: the Fremen. They, they, uh. I always thought thought, thought the uh, Fremen were like uh, crack addicts because they they'd go and get the spice, they'd harvest the spice, and they had the blue eyes, the crazy blue eyes because
1: it's the it's having the spice makes you that, but it gives you also sort that's of right. Weird and Paul powers. Paul
0: Atreides Paul Atreides got onto the spice as well, and his eyes changed. So they're basically, crack. addicts. He's crack addicts. That's what I always thought the the, the Fremen were. I, I read the bo- I've read a few of the books not all of them um, and I saw the movie back in 1984 and it was weird and crazy but I think it relied on you having read the books no, that right. was the pro- that's my understanding that's my and that's the problem with that movie um, and that's a movie that I don't think you could plonk in the modern day and expect people to like it I don't think people would like that at all I really don't we'll and, and I'm a bit so I'm a bit concerned about it if they're going to release a new June.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't
1: think it's coming out in June. I think it's coming out... Wouldn't it be
0: cool if it came out the 1st of June? <laughs> June in June. I'll tell you something now, Fantastic Phil. We haven't had an ad yet, but this is going to roll now. If you want to check out June in June, why not go to the Orpheum? That's right. The Orpheum is Sydney's oldest theatre. Is that That's right, isn't
1: it? Uh, no. I've got no idea what but that it,
0: was <laughs> But it's pretty old. But you know what it's got? The best choc tops in Sydney. That's right. The chocolate goes all the way to the base of the ice cream cone. Not like these days. That's the other thing. In the 80s, the choc tops went all the way to the bottom. The ice cream did. Now, it's like one Mr. Whippy layer. Shit. And we don't like it. We're not going to have it anymore. So in 2020, if you want an 80s choc top, they're probably from the 80s. No, they're quite fresh. They're quite fresh. From 2019 they're, they're run out models <laughs> They're run out Chock tops Get your chalk top Now The Orpheum In Sydney Check it out Watch June and June Now hold this button down But it won't stop There it goes, there it goes. Don't need Jason Relaxation Last um movies Last I
1: saw at the uh, Orpheum Yep Were two good movies Ford versus Ferrari Oh Yep Excellent But that's That type of topic or that sort of vintage motorsport maybe for another time. Yeah. But 1917 as well. I saw that yesterday, which was that Sam Mendes, who was a Bond film uh, director. That was pretty good too, man. So keep an eye out for that. Although one thing, and it's going on a bit of a negative, Nelly, is that even even in this age of wokeness, there was criticism. This is why I don't like reading reviews anymore. No. Just go and see the movie now. Go and see it and make your own opinion up on it. Because one of the criticisms about this 1917 was look. It's I'm trying not to plot spoiler, but it's basically in the action two guys in World War One and they're they've got a task to do. But some of the criticisms on on the in in the media about it were like, all oh, right, it was a great movie and so forth." From this point of view, but there's not enough topic about nationalism which was going on at that. Oh, point see, of time. this is what
0: I'm saying. Like and Ford yeah. versus
1: Ferrari again. Yeah. it's a story. Okay, there are some movie exceptions and movie licenses to fit in miss a whole year and so forth like that but and you know ken miles the way he might have been treated by ford probably wasn't exactly to what it was although in Le Mans race he was told to pull back and so they can all cross at the same time but at the same time again they were talking about oh well it's you know it's not political size enough or it's too political size this way and there's not enough this and not enough that you see you can't this oh, is a
0: problem God. this is a problem You can't make everybody happy. You can't. No, you just can't, right? And as soon as you try to pander to the masses, somebody is going to get, oh, well, you didn't include me. So I say, go fuck all of (laughs) you, right? (laughs) Harden up you fucking crybaby smashed avocado little pricks. (laughs) Fucking whew, didn't get my way. Well, you know what? In 1980, when people called me a wog because I had salami and cheese fucking sandwiches and no one came to my age, he's going to all go get fucked. Uh, you're just catering to the bullshit. Oh, cry, baby. You can't please everybody, Fantastic Phil. You just can't. You just can't. Like You could make a movie and have the, the who's who and cater to everybody. But someone's going to say, oh, well, actually, I felt a bit left out. You know, like, yeah, you might have had this person in that minority group on the, on the screen, but they were only there for 20 minutes, but this person was there for an hour and a half. That's That type of shit. So what I say is you don't know what you fucking want. That's your problem. You don't want know what you want, and you want your cake and eat it too. And that's the problem with modern-day movies, to finish up, I think. They want to cater to everybody. But in the process, they forget the, the content. Yeah, they forget yeah. the quality and, and 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 the the quantity of the content.
2: And
1: when they, a story in a film has is being told, yep. Yeah. If even for its right or wrong reasons, whatever like that, but the criticisms about that or it's missing
0: things, yeah. Out, but that's, that's just they'll poke on. holes as well. See, here's the this is what I reckon happens now in a boardroom. They say we want to create this movie. It's going to cost I don't know X number of million a millions of dollars. And then they say, cool, green light it. Then the writers come in and go, okay, all right, we have to cater to the masses. Who have we got in? Have we got that person? Oh, great, tick. Have we got that person, tick? Have we got that person, tick? Oh, we got that person, tick. Oh, great, tick. Well, you know who never gets included? Me, that fat fucking wog with no hair. No one gives a shit about me. And you hear me fucking crying? You don't. Right, and then the reviewers come in because they're fucking smashed avocado pricks too. You know what they say? Oh, well, I'm glad that there was some more diversity this time. However, I didn't see fucking Where's Wally. (laughs) Where's Wally wasn't included in the crowd. Therefore, I feel that this movie is not acceptable. Wah! That's the problem. And I'll tell you something now, Phil, whether it's right or wrong, that wasn't such a big thing in the 80s. It really wasn't. I think they made movies with a vision. They had more vision. They had a, a clearer story and they made the movies they wanted to make. Now I think they make movies with the shadow of agenda behind them. I really feel that's what the problem is. And sometimes it's not a problem at all. We don't notice it and we're happy to see that movie and it's great. Like um, that Tom Cruise movie, what is it? The uh, Edge of Tomorrow. mm. That was fine.
1: I don't remember highlighting or seeing any agendas. No, no, that. no. That's Probably. what I'm saying.
0: Sometimes it's not, not a problem.
1: They may or may not have that's been right. there. That's right. But sometimes but it's not a problem, you just right? just don't notice it.
0: But, but you know what? If you want to pick holes in shit, you can. So there'd be somebody out there that'd be like, oh, well, why is Tom Cruise there? He's he's the majority. He's a white man. Oh, and Emily Blunt. She's a white female. Oh. You can't win. And I've given up Just tell the story Just tell the fucking story <laughs> Have you said everything You wanted to say Fantastic Phil
1: Yes For today Thank you very much Ah no, thanks man It I would appreciate... be good to come back in And discuss Star Wars So you're on keen a... on that Yeah At a um,
0: At a later date So you're keen Drunken and And Sassy Yeah So if I get those two together With you You'd be you'd be in on that Alright done yes, It'll please. be called The Star Wars debate <laughs> And I'll sit back Going don't give a fuck Shit <laughs> Take me back to the 80s. Take me back to the 80s. That's all I got to say. I'm not fussy. I, I'd just go back to 1985 with Marty McFly. I'd just hang <laughs> out with him. <laughs> and I'd say, don't go to the future. It's shit. And you go, why? What's wrong with the future? It's full of smashed avocado whinging people, <laughs> right? And then you've got to go shopping, right? You can do it online, that's great, but when you're forced to go to the crowd, they make you go through self-service, and you got to buy a fucking plastic bag because the environment's shit, right? And people go, oh, well, oh, there's bushfires, like it's never fucking happened before. Oh, it's climate change. I've done a lot of ranting today, Fantastic. <laughs> ranting. I've been bottling it up since 2019. Since
2: 2019.
0: <laughs> Fantastic, Phil, thanks for being in. I really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Come again next time when we organise this little panel. Thank you for the two people that have been listening to these bullshit podcasts. Thank you, Dad, for letting us use your garage. I'm sorry I read it about fucking movies from the 80s. I can't help it. As I just said, I hate the fucking modern world. Everything's a whinging smashed avocado prick. They can't make movies without explosions and special effects and all sorts of bullshit. Back in the 80s, Sigourney Weaver didn't give a shit. She got a flamethrower and fucked up all sorts of aliens. And you didn't hear her complain. You didn't hear anyone complain. You didn't hear Michael Bean complain when he got killed as Kyle Reese. As when the Terminator got him. And next week, my little Terminators, we'll have some more retrodom and more bullshit. But until then, you can roll it, monkeys. Oh, it's the wrong button. <laughs> it's that's the wrong, button. I don't know what I'm doing. It is a theory Oh uh, uh, where's the outro? How do I do this again? Oh that's right. <laughs>